Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Hi there. I'm talking today about hybrid approaches. Do hybrid approaches work? Can you have a disciple making movement approach and also have an approach where you have a legacy church or a traditional church? Can these two be combined effectively or is that problematic? So today I'm going to dive in on that question. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. All right, so I'm going to dive straight in to this question. Do hybrid approaches work? So this question came in from one of our trainees and um I thought that's a question that a lot of people have. Let me go ahead and spend a little time on that. So um, there's a a great book written by a man named Roy Moran, who leads a disciple making movement organization called uh, New Generations. And he's based out of Kansas City. He wrote a book called Hybrid Church. And so um, definitely he dives into that issue much more than what I can do in a short Q&A like this, I I wanted to right up front recommend Roy's book on that. But I I thought maybe we could talk about some of the advantages and disadvantages to trying to combine a legacy church with a DMM approach, um, rather than starting something new that is more of a a disciple-making movement approach from the beginning. And I know that many of those who take our courses are already pastors Um, especially those of you in Africa, you already have a small congregation that you're trying to motivate to be disciple makers. So this is really an important question for us to talk about. Some of the um, advantages, let me talk about the advantages first off, is uh, we really do want to see everyone in the church shift from being a church member to understanding their calling as a royal priest of God, their calling to be someone who would multiply disciples and to become activated, right? We don't want to have passive people who just come to church. They're not transformed. 
they don't become obedient disciples. And there are some things about the disciple-making movement approach, the three-thirds meeting, um, as we call it, where we look back, look up, look forward, having friendly accountability, which are really, really needed in the traditional church. And so the advantage, I think, is you, you do want to challenge and equip your church members, if you're a pastor, to be more active in disciple making. I was just doing another presentation on the Finding the Hidden Harvesters event, and I shared a story about a brother named Kuram uh, from Pakistan. He's one of our trainees. And Kuram had said, I really had heard the Great Commission all my life, but I had no idea, no idea that we were actually supposed to do it. How many Christians are out there who have no idea that when Jesus gave that command, it was actually meant to be done by them, right? And so a really big advantage to a hybrid approach is is we mobilize a lot of people. And I believe every Christian does need to be mobilized and motivated and trained to become a disciple maker. So um, if you're a pastor and you have a congregation, I thoroughly encourage you train your people, shift from being just a preacher to becoming a trainer and an equipper of those who are in your congregation and motivating them and training them, they actually can make disciples. Why do many people not make disciples? Because they don't know how. They've never actually been trained. They've only been taught that they should, but they've never been shown how to actually do that in practical ways. And so I would say in a legacy church, in a traditional building church, as we might call it, um, yes, you want to train and equip every church member. And so the, the advantage of a hybrid approach is it does um, have the potential to activate inactive church members and help them to become more of who God has called them to be. Um, yeah, ultimately, you know, this decision about whether or not you're going to uh, go with a hybrid approach, keep your church building and, you know, continue with that, or whether you want to start something new um, and start launch a new effort in a new location or a new place or with new people um, is something that we really need to pray about and really seek the Lord's guidance on. And different people around the world have done this differently. Uh, there's lots of different expressions and iterations as the Holy Spirit works and and leads in this. Um, some of the challenges that you'll in, you'll encounter as you are working to uh, to implement a hybrid approach. One is getting people to understand what the church is, right? Because once you have that building, there's just this unconscious understanding that I find no matter how many times we tell people this is not the church, the building's not the church, the church is the people. Somehow by having that building, it it makes people think that that is what is real church, right? That these other things that we're doing, these small groups, that these are just, you know, fellowship groups, or these are just supplementary things, but real church happens in that building. So breaking down that mindset is I think more challenging when you have a hybrid approach and you're still gathering every Sunday morning in the building uh, with those people. Another challenge that I've seen is uh, it can be challenging to get the groups to multiply. And we're going to talk more about multiplication in a moment, but 
as long as people are still connecting primarily to a building church, um, often they will not really be able to give the time and they won't really understand. So we find that those groups are kind of like small groups or fellowship groups. And certainly you can use the three thirds meeting or the, um, you know, a discovery Bible study in those groups to good effect. But what I often find is when it comes to the sharing and starting new groups, um, that's where the breakdown happens. Um, not always, but I often have seen that as a challenge. Um, there is a church in Minnesota. I was recently talking with uh, a, a man there who um, they have worked with a pastor who is really, really on board about disciple multiplication. And this is another key that I would just pass on to you is if the pastor is not really on board to wanting to shift his whole congregation over to disciple multiplication and multiplying groups of disciples that will extend beyond the building. Um, it's very difficult to do this uh, to, to any real effect. And I would then encourage you put your efforts outside and start something parallel, not in opposition or competition to the existing church, but parallel and you know start something new and especially focus on the lost don't focus on churched people who already attend churches but focus on lost people and then when they come to the lord start new groups among them and start something new so that you can birth something new through that first person of peace rather than bringing them into an existing congregation because once again that mindset oh this is what real church is whatever we're doing over here is supplementary will somehow be present in their minds um and you know maybe this is why in some ways dmms often work really well in places where there's persecution and there is no ability to have big, big public meetings and public churches um, but that's not to say that we can't start DMMs in places where that, you know, where there isn't as much persecution. Um, but certainly that mindset shift and challenge is is very real. Um, but like I was saying, this church in Minnesota, the pastor was really on board. And um, because of that, he had his whole eldership and leadership team go through training and understand they started modeling it themselves, how to start disciple making groups that multiply, how to reach out to lost people and bring them into these groups. And so from the top, top leadership down, there is a strong buy in and a strong level of understanding. Um, and then, you know, it started to be really fruitful and really successful. And these groups began to multiply and uh, they saw great success with a hybrid kind of approach. Um, people still coming to church on Sunday morning, but really learning how to be disciples who make disciples. So it can work. Um, but having your senior leaders really on board and not just giving um, sort of a head nod assent, like, of course, what pastor wouldn't say they want to see disciples make disciples, right? Everyone would. But actually buying in and understanding um, what it means to do that and the major shifts in thinking and major shifts in um, practice that would have to happen for that to be possible. So, um yeah, another uh, example of a movement that has been a hybrid approach that I know of is here in Thailand, where I live. There's a movement that has taken off and grown, and 
um, really seeing good fruit, one of the first real movements happening in Thailand. But this movement has decided that when they have a certain number of house churches, that they then want to build a building where all those house churches can come together for celebration and, and can gather. Um, you know, I have some concerns about that, to be honest. I'm not sure what the long-term uh, implications of that will be on the movement and whether or not it will actually stall the movement or slow it down or whether it will be an accelerator. Um, but I think somehow with the prominence of the temples and wats here, they felt like having a gathering point where people can go and worship was important to them. Um, again, I, I'm a little concerned about it because, again, it's so easy in people's minds and that is what real church is. And whatever we're doing here is not the real church. And um, it sort of disempowers, you know, the lay person or the royal priesthood and it gives extra authority and power to those who stand up on that platform and who are the clergy, the professionals, and re-emphasizes that concept um, instead of emphasizing the priesthood of all believers. Making disciples and sharing Jesus with those around you can be difficult. We need help to keep our faith alive as we step out to do new things. Faith to Move Mountains, Stirring Our Faith to Believe for Movements Among the Unreached is a 30-day devotional that will encourage your heart and build your faith. In it, I and my co-author, Kevin Sutter, share a scripture, a story, and a challenge each day from years of frontline experience working in tough places. Like I said, making disciples can be hard, progress is often slow, and breakthroughs seem distant. This devotional will kickstart your faith for a movement of disciples in your area. Grab a copy on Amazon.com today. That's some of my comments on uh, whether or not hybrid approaches work. Um, again, I just want to say once, once more that it really is something to seek the Lord about and ask God's wisdom on, but certainly we want to empower every believer everyone who goes to a church to become a disciple maker and to learn how to function as someone who makes and multiplies disciples and doesn't just invite them to the church building, but actually invests their life in discipling those people. And we want to really raise that um, idea and that paradigm that this is what the Bible teaches. This is what Jesus intended when he sent us out in the Great Commission, that every disciple would make disciples, would baptize them, would train them and teach them to obey Jesus' commands. And then those people that they had led to the Lord and discipled would begin to do the same in other areas and other places. So uh, you want to do that in every church, in every way you can. But I think the changes that are required for a legacy church to really honestly shift over to that are, are significant. And um, a lot of your people may not be ready or willing to take that kind of step. But if you find a few who are, and you can start something parallel to that and really invest in it, maybe in a new area and start of, instead of starting a new church plant, you start a new movement in a new area and the church really supports that and you release some people to go do that, I think that's more the kind of approach that I would say has a good chance of success. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. 
one thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media, and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.